Hello there. I'm feeling Illuminati. Let's pull back the curtain. This is Levi Sharp, sound designer, sitting with writers Nick Douglas and Hi. Tim Mucci. Hello. We want to talk a little bit about how the show was created. I actually don't even really know this story. I was brought on, I think, a year or so <laughs> after yeah. the idea and concept. And yet before we put out one episode <laughs> to the public. Yeah. But I was so impressed by the pilot that I came on board. So how did you two get together to write this show? I we weren't doing D&D enough. I no, feel like that's why that we happened. Were, I think we were doing Let's Get Into It, if I can recall. Which okay, is this other right. weird improv podcast we were doing with the editor and sound designer of the pilot, Jason, who did the theme song, Oberholzer. Oh, if you hear children screaming in the background, we don't have children locked in a cage. That is my landlord's children downstairs. Uh, So um, bear with us. We're doing this in my living room. I also think you had just finished Jaywalk Cop. Mm -hmm. I was on that first episode of Jaywalk Cop, and we just wanted to do something together. Okay, so you just told me what Jaywalk Cop is. Talk a little bit about what that is. Jaywalk Cop is a web series I did with Daniel King, who is actually working on a little bit with us on some Roommate from Hell episodes. Dan and I made this web series called Jaywalk Cop based on the idea of a world where everyone agrees that jaywalking is the worst crime you can commit. Uh, Dan was just jaywalking on the street one day, noticed a cop watching him, just not doing anything, and thought, what if that cop really cared? Chased down that idea. We made just three episodes, but put tons of work into them. What do we got? Looks like your typical mid-block steeplechase with a fender thread dismount. Scumbag probably never even looked both ways before crossing. I'm thinking he would have jumped the curb right in front of that car there. Shopkeep says it happens in this neighborhood all the time. We really stretched the limits of what we could do, just running around New York, finding interesting places to shoot Mm -hmm. with one camera, you know, me doing sound very badly. There's one whole episode where many people have commented on YouTube. This is great. Why is the sound so garbage? (laughs) Sounds hard, man. It is. And that was driving me crazy was it was really fun, but I felt like our creativity and our writing was outpacing our abilities to act and to get the technical technical parts of shooting Mm -hmm. down. It was either spend a ton of time searching for people willing to do every different part of this show that I couldn't learn how to do every single part of the show and still only put out these tiny things, reaching a tiny audience or find a medium where it's easier to translate the writing into the best version of what I had in my head. We originally conceived of Roommate from Hell as being like a little video show, which is why we wanted to keep it kind of low cost, make it a roommate comedy so we just could shoot in either of our apartments. And I think we started writing the pilot with that in mind. And then I think, Nick, you were like, why don't we just do it as a podcast? Because- We kept throwing out all these great ideas. Yeah. Tim, you know, like so much about fantasy and the occult and all these cool concepts that that you've experienced in like books and literature where you can do anything. The budget is limitless. Right. I remember we were on a Slack and we were trying to figure out 
what the show would be. I don't remember any of our other ideas, if we had any other ideas, but Roommate from Hell came pretty quickly and just because mm-hmm. of that title. Right. <laughs> yeah. So you were just spitballing yeah. like ideas, names, titles of things yeah. and seeing what's stuck. Yeah. How did mm-hmm. Roommate from Hell, like, where did that come from? Uh, I think I came up with the title and I slacked it to Nick and I said, Room- th- this is our show, Roommate from Hell, about a person who moves in with a demon. And and then it just took off from there. And for a while we were talking about it's a parody of old sitcoms and kind of, you know, we wanted an episode where they paint a line down the middle of the room and all that parodying Three's Company kind of thing. Right. But I very quickly felt like, no, we've got something more like real. Mm -hmm. And why parody something that neither of us are particularly in love with any of those old sitcoms? That was just... But that was an essential stage of it, was thinking of we have to map weird supernatural stuff onto normal life. Right. But that morphed into, wait, there's so much stuff about real normal life, about like shows that we like, like I love the show Girls, which frequently covers actually relatable things about what it is to have roommates and Mm -hmm. friends in New York in the present day. Right. That's what a good Claire joke is to me, is something that's like taken from embarrassing habits that I have. Yeah. I'm trying to build this character who just shows the like mundanities of normal life and ways we use seamless that we're embarrassed that we like seamless a single cup of coffee yeah. in a roll. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like normal things that you're just kind of embarrassed about but you do anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that you scratched the sitcom uh, yeah. because right. I, I think if you came to me with a pilot that had a laugh track, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I might have been a little turned off. Hey, and I, that, yeah, I lobbied Tim for a laugh, a laugh track, track yeah. so bad. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I still think we should do an episode with a laugh track. I agree we should do an yeah. episode. Yeah. <laughs> and B and Claire start playing everything for laughs. Yeah. And like, oh, yes. That's what it's going to be. Yep. Like, they go cra- They like yeah. are no longer interacting with each other as human beings. They're interacting with the audience. Oh, human and human. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're just pandering to the audience more. And so they like play up. It's kind of a commentary on reality TV. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So this is this is how episodes happen. We just start talking about different things and we think about how we can skin it onto the show mm-hmm. and then just talk it out. Literally most of our episodes are Nick and I just talking out lines. So how do, how has the show progressed as you've been writing it? For one thing the format has changed a lot. Yeah. Um, and is going to continue to change. We right. started making half hour episodes and we only got Two. <laughs> Two of those out yeah. before we realized this is taking too long. And it was causing a problem like it's harder to get the actors in a room than for us to sit and write. Right. And editing and designing takes so much time. And we were rewriting and doing pickups. We recorded the pilot twice and almost did it a third time and had to stop ourselves. Jesus. And that was us learning, but also like we were using too many other people's time in mm-hmm. that part of the process. Right. Well, and, and I mean, all you mm-hmm. you all have full-time jobs too. Right. I mean, this is like nights and weekends work. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. At the very beginning, when we were first starting it, I wasn't working full-time. I think you weren't either. At, at one point in yeah, there, you weren't I either. I think so, yeah. And then we both got full-time and yep. we're like, oh, great. And so that's why it took like so long for the pilot to come out was we were going to do, we thought at one point, well, okay, we'll just do a six-episode season yes. of yep. these nice, meaty episodes. And 
And then we just kept getting stalled on that third script. We kept getting stalled. That's right. We that also have an episode script. that hasn't come out that I've written like three versions yeah. of, uh-huh. four versions of at least. Yeah. And I've written at least two versions of it. It was a it. nightmare. <laughs> yeah. And, and I still think it's good. There's something in there. There's definitely something. That's what's to, yeah. terrible Yeah, is because right. there are still problems, but there's something in there. And so we can't just quit. Yeah. But that was a problem. And also I did not want the actors to put in way too much work before something started appearing in the world. Right. I didn't want to make these people record six half hour dramatic episodes. And at the time we were doing a lot more takes than we do now. Yeah. Partly because Serena and Natalie have now gotten these characters perfect. They can snap into them. They show up. We do like two takes of a lot of stuff. Yeah. Some things take longer, but Mm -hmm. for those first few episodes, Tim and I didn't know what we wanted as much too. So we would direct different ways and we didn't know what was going to sound like something. And so it was just unfair to the actors to ask them to do total all this much work. I don't think they would have necessarily said yes. So then that would have been right for them to say like, no, 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 I'm not doing all of this before yeah. anything sees the light of day. So that's how we end up with what we have been doing lately, which is a lot of five minute episodes, which are really cool and let us burn through a lot of ideas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what I really like is, well, I think those episodes are super fun. I think it's going to be very interesting to look back at them later. Mm-hmm. Because I think we've evolved rapidly yeah. through those. I think the episodes that you're currently working on right now are just a new, another phase change where we started saying, okay, we've got really sketch-like for, for a few of these episodes. Right. We put out a few episodes that are amazing comedy sketches. Mm-hmm. And now let's move back toward what that pilot is like. And what uh, Groundhog Cray was like was was the other episode that we finished before we we changed tax. Yeah. Yeah, right. And Groundhog Cray was the script that almost like broke us too cuz <laughs> yeah. it's so it's it's very labor intensive to write something that's so like self-reflexive. So Yeah, we had to was grid a tough that. one to really get through and make sure that it was right. We had a whiteboard. Yeah. And we laid everything out in two yeah. dimensions because they're, you know, the days are repeating, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we have to have the same thing happen over and over. But it can't see. be like exactly the same, right. but we had to keep like the emotional notes. Like everybody has to be kind of the same. Like everybody, all of the side characters are all saying the same things, but in different like context. Right. And even yeah. from a sound point of view, like yeah. I picked that up and I was like, okay, this background ambient sound is going to happen. Yeah, right. Like at this second Every time. Every time. Yeah. But, you know, the footsteps might be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. The like, mm-hmm. you know, and I mean, like, obviously it's, I mean, a lot of this stuff is are things that like, I'm sure people aren't going to pick up. But it all. helps build out the world. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I told Caitlin, my girlfriend, that, you know, I was like, isn't it cool that their footsteps went from carpeted floor to tiled floor when they went, when she gets to the kitchen mm-hmm. and she's like. I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, that's so much. Like, anyway. Morning, Claire. Morning, Gabby. How are you doing? Oh, you know, I can't complain. Or, or they'd, they'd fire me. me. <laughs> Gabby, come to the kitchen. Quick. Hey, Claire. Hey, Gab. Morning, Doug. Watch. That's like... I want those equivalents of, you know how 30 Rock is famous for, if you freeze frame right here, you notice they're holding up yeah. a sign. Well, in the early seasons, they're holding up a sign on the edge that's like, thanks for watching in HDTV. Because like <laughs> huh. normal, quote unquote, normal TVs at that point weren't carrying <laughs> that edge of the screen. And so they had to make jokes that only a s- small part of the population mm-hmm. of their <laughs> audience 
would even get the chance to see, much less actually notice. Yeah. Uh, and it, I think it, you're doing that. Yeah. It's been really, really awesome. A joy yeah. to to sound design this. That's also been really nice when writing to know, like, oh, okay, I see how Levi is going to make this sound yeah. beautiful. That's one of the biggest differences between when I was making web series, it was always hard for me to figure out how much are they going to be able to pull this off and should I write down to mm-hmm. a lower level of required execution. Yeah. Whereas here, as long as I can figure out what I'm writing and I'm not writing into a void, I can say, okay, I know Levi is going to be able to pull this off if I just actually set a real scene. Because sometimes <laughs> I just throw something at you and you're like, wait, are they inside or are they outside? Yeah, I'm like, uh-huh. oh God, I actually didn't think about it. I need to actually think about that. I'm not writing a short story where or an, an Asimov story where people can just be talking in a, yeah. an empty room. Suck it, Asimov. <laughs> but Whoa. like, yeah, it feels really good to be able to, to know <laughs> this is going to sound really fucking good. Yeah. I think we've been actually spending less time on setting the scenes because we know we can just say where it is and then Levi's going to do that work for us. <laughs> we got a little lazy about it. <laughs> uh-huh. But we'll, we'll get more into that in a, a different chat. Okay, so structure-wise, yeah, you're going from shorter to longer. I still like the shorter episodes because, one, you know, we get to crank something out per week. Mm -hmm. And I do think that even if it's not, like, things that, like, move maybe the grander story along, you're still understanding the world and what can happen and the spaces that they exist in. And I think once you get to those bigger ones, then you don't actually have to explain so much of that because you've already done it through a bunch of like right, smaller right. episodes. And having to fit these big characters in these small episodes really forces us to hone in on who they really are, how like those big character choices happen in like five minutes. One thing I really like is finding what's the essence of this kind of right. this trope or this uh, mythological creature. Like the vampire episode came out of something we did on Let's Get Into yeah. It, where it was just a little bit of improv that we were playing with a character and and Tim and Jason were defining what I was doing. We're just reacting to whatever the, right. I was doing. You know, very, very basic improv shit. But we decided I was a vampire who... This was really inspired by my time as a teenager selling knives, uh, <laughs> not door to door, but Cutco knives where you have to give a presentation to like friends and family and then get referred to more <laughs> friends and family. It was terrible. It's so I was like, oh, wait, vampirism is uh, multi-level marketing. Yeah, totally. <laughs> vampirism is a pyramid scheme. Uh-huh. And so we made this like sad sack vampire. And the character completely changed from the let's get into it version mm-hmm. to the roommate from hell version but the the essence was still there like Mm -hmm. this guy sucks at his (laughs) multi-level marketing scheme and because he sucks it becomes extremely clear that it's all such a cheap scam and that it doesn't live up to the promise but you could turn into a cloud of mist (laughs) i am so sorry i don't think i'm cut out for this but look uh you'll become immortal Uh, you can fly you can turn into a cloud of mist. Yeah, like that's what we figure out for the Mothman. It's that the Mothman prophecies are about that something bad is going to happen. Right. So how can we like relate that to a normal person's life? Yeah. Or I have complicated feelings about the Uber driver episode, which I wrote <laughs> at, uh, most of and feels like a tiny little puzzle more than comedy. Mm-hmm. Mm. But like 
it's a good puzzle. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I like that I got to like stick it to Uber yeah. in there. That yeah. like of course if golems existed, Uber would be hiring or you know, yeah, yeah, hiring them. Yeah. They would be a workforce somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And that's another thing I really like is we can do social satire. Right. Not not any of it is like Yeah, we're not taking breaking down boundaries here. Yeah. <laughs> but it's really fun to do that in a fantasy setting right. without yeah. necessarily going like, here's a reference to that thing, you yeah, know. Like right. we're never we're never going to mention the Trump administration in an right. episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we get to have an idea about how the world works and then how it works in the weird world that we've built where the supernatural and magic exists and there are gods and there are vampires. And it's essentially a Judeo-Christian universe too, which is really interesting. For I never now. thought I'd yeah. really, I never thought I'd like double down into like a Judeo-Christian universe. Oh, I bet like a lot of that I feel like is just, I'm still learning about yeah. any other mythologies. And so I can't yet get deep into parodying them while mm-hmm. also making sure that other people who haven't right. read about, learned about them understand. Yeah. Cause we know about this. About yeah. Christianity. And like, I try to make some deep cuts into Christianity cause there is I, I know there. a lot about yeah. it. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Like Jesus is fuckable wounds, right? <laughs> Jesus is fuckable That's wounds. That's a real deep cut. <laughs> oh shit. He's here. Jesus is fuckable wounds. I have to go. Uh, Hi, Todd. B's just leaving. Hi, bye. I have to job. God bless your day. Very real. I think you'll find that in the gospel. Of <laughs> help me out here. Lot. Yep. Um, lot? Yeah. Oh, we haven't done a lot. One. No, we got to do a lot. lot I, There's a <laughs> lot to do there. Jesus. Hey. I really want to do some. I don't know how yet to get into doing parodies of Bible stories. Mm-hmm. Like in the Bible. Because that happens in one specific past time right. mm-hmm. by definition. We've squeezed in a couple yeah. in our episode with Eve and Lilith, mm-hmm. which I barely know about. I was still, half of that is like what I picked up on Wikipedia right. about mm-hmm. Lilith, that she was Adam's first wife and that one tradition is that she wanted to fuck on top and that's why she was not a good partner because she wasn't submissive mm-hmm. to Adam. Which was a real fun thing to like flip on its head and yeah. take yeah. another step further. And she wasn't created of Adam, right? No. She was a separate yes. human. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. Like I really want to learn more about Lilith and involve her in more right. episodes. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. fun. I that's that's the shit I really love is I know enough about Christianity to get into the apocryphal stuff and still find it extremely fresh. Yeah. Because I didn't really learn that. So I wanna I wanna talk about mm-hmm. like the arc that you you're sort of like pushing along with Claire mm-hmm. and B. Did you already have it in mind from the beginning where you were going? Or is this like essentially unfolding before your own eyes as well? I think a bit of both. I like to think about these characters in like immutable elemental ways and then throw that at Nick to see how mm-hmm. he can push it forward. So through that, we've kind of figured out what we want to do in the future, but we're not like really too concerned about that yet. Because yeah. we're still kind of developing the stories that we want to tell now that'll kind of move us into this place where we get to see like who these characters will become. Mm. Yeah, we have some very specific ideas that I think we've learned now may or may not ever happen. Right. And the weird thing is also the be and clear in our heads is not only the ideas we're thinking about for the future, but also several episodes that we've abandoned or yeah. mm-hmm. decided to do a different way. There was a... 
I wrote like a mirror episode where there are mirror versions of them. And in my mind, it's hard to not think like, well, that also happened. Yes. That's part of, even though it's yeah. non-canon, there's the episode we've talked about writing three or four times where they go to a kind of Narnia style yeah. place. And it's so interesting to me, but we tackled it in weird directions. We tried right. to get at it through like a Settlers of Catan direction. Mm -hmm. But we did some emotional development that I need to make sure we actually put into something that gets out there. Right. Because right. that's built more of my understanding of these characters. We've got a dungeon crawl episode that yeah. we've done a couple versions of that, that need to get brought back in. And a lot of it, though, has evolved in that at first we wanted to make the cheap jokes. And our understanding of B and Claire has deepened a lot. And it's remarkable yeah. to me how much the pilot actually still feels like where we want to go. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There are a few directions you'll see really disappear where originally we wanted Claire to be very over-organized. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Maybe even a little nerdy. Yeah, more of a nerd. And Right. I mean, she had her box of rocks or, yeah, or whatever. Right, right. Toiletries alphabetized. Right, yeah. yeah. Uh, whoops, don't, don't trip over that. Infrequent toiletries, A through L. <laughs> You're so organized. Thank you. Yeah, I, I use a variation of the life-changing magic method where you don't get rid of anything. And we thought that's what will make her interesting. And mm -hmm. we didn't realize, I think, how much we needed an everyman yeah. in there and how interesting an everyman could be. That you can mm -hmm. make jokes that an everyman isn't a straight man. Right. And that's what I took a while to realize. Yeah. Yeah, um, when we're going through scripts, it's very easy to just make Claire reactive. Mm -hmm. And I try to pay attention to that every time we put in a script and make sure that she's also a party to whatever is going on in whatever way. Groundhog Cray feels like where you cracked that. Like, yeah. I think you took the lead on and figuring out here's how she makes things happen and isn't yeah. just reacting. And that became what the theme of the episode too, yeah. is that uh -huh. things happen to her no matter how hard she tries <laughs> yeah. to change them. Yeah. And that that's what Claire is. Yeah. She's someone who, she represents something in all of us who feels like ineffective or never doing the things we want to get around to. Whereas yeah. B is, we started more strongly on B. We knew that B wanted to like reform. And I think Claire Part of how I realized that the nerd and overorganized shtick wasn't working was on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, there is a character who is overorganized, and it is the least interesting thing about mm, her. Yeah. Sometimes there's good stuff. Sometimes they get a good joke out of it. And sometimes it makes it a whole great plot. There is a really strong plot on there where she has to file an obscure form, and she loves this. And she gets frustrated <laughs> working with the person at the desk. and. But she is so good at it. It is like her superpower, and that's mm -hmm. how she wins, is knowing how to deal with obscure, non-working file systems and caring more about them right. than anybody else. Hello, Muriel. Another day in paradise. She actually means that. Please don't be offended. Great. What do you want? To apply for a block party permit, here is form 1290. Oh, wait, you're trying to get a permit for this Friday? You would need... 1290B expedited request and a 1021J adjustment waiver and a sweet, sweet P28P supplemental. That is fantastic. It also felt like that is so specific that just that I kept seeing one character do it felt like there was no room for me to have an idea that I hadn't already seen in that uh, area. With B, I think the person trying to reform is... It's bigger and, and more common, but I also have felt both inspired by BoJack Horseman and BoJack has kind of done it. We're never going to make a character who's 
better than BoJack at being BoJack. And so we have to find some new ways for it specifically to be about this demon and and what it's like to actually be a terrible being. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not just a bad person. And how far good can she actually go? Is she capable of? I like that Claire Mm -hmm. is a bit of a mess. And that she is kind of like apathetic, naive at times. She's all of those things, but in, in a very likable way. And a way that we can connect with. But just seeing like her interactions with B shift her personality here and there. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like she is doing things and thinking things and, you know, feeling things that prior to meeting B or the character that she was in the pilot, she's shifted from. And I think that's mm-hmm. been really fun for me to see. Is there, as the sound editor and mm-hmm. spending so much like intimate time with these the words and making them come to life. Have you noticed or were you surprised by like some kind of character shift or was there something that happened that made you click in and say, oh, this is who that character is? Anything that stands out? I mean, there's been a few moments. Yeah. Her taking souls in Mm -hmm. the the chicken in the bedpan Mm -hmm. episode and just being like, when was a baby? Oh, eldritch mother Beatrice, oh, reaper of the blood winds, queen of fevers and plagues. Oh, yeah, hey, hey, how we doing? What client are we on? Fourth one, Mike Seeger. Fourth one? All right, you're moving fast. Yeah, and one was a baby. (laughs) You know, (laughs) and it's like, yeah. If you want to involve Claire, she'll happily be right. involved. And I mean, I think like a lot of uh, things that are going to be that are being explored now in the episodes that I'm doing are her feeling of of FOMO and inadequacy mm. and like trying to break out of what she was before to be something else. Yeah. But then, of course, as that happens, there's inevitably terrible things that happen. And it's like, how how does that this character now deal with with those things. I mean, we we even saw it in in the slasher episode that mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> oh, <God>. like <laughs> like she kills a kid. Yeah. No, run away, like Brandon. I'm gonna get you. I am so sorry, Claire. I made the roots too weak. He was way more Jack than I thought. A real catch. Oh my god, I'm a murderer. I killed a kid. Uh, yeah, spoiler. Um. That's been one of the toughest <laughs> things is figuring out how seriously does Claire take something because right. we have to still have emotion in it. We have to have her still react. Yeah. But we also, it's fun to have her be like, what was a baby is one of my favorite lines. That's yeah. one of my favorite line readings that, that, that Serena just puts so much like enthusiasm and <laughs> yeah. fun and you could hear a million normal sane things said in that voice. Yeah. And she just packs it right into yeah. that I took a baby's soul. Yeah. I also love in that episode the way Natalie delivers after they she says that she can't replace the guy's soul. And Serena says, like, oh, because of the immutable laws of hell. And I love the way Natalie delivers. Kinda. <laughs> B, maybe we let him go. Ugh. I mean, I think I'd like that. Yay! Oh, thank you, Angel of Mercy. But I really can't. Oh, no. Because you're bound by the immutable law of hell. Kind of? 
Like, if I let you go, I'd have to do some penance in your place, maybe like even a year. And then Claire will be closer to her 30s and all the phones will be different. (laughs) So good. Yeah, let's talk about Bea a little more because we've given a lot of love to Serena's Claire. And we've already talked a little bit before in a different episode chat about the many faces of Bea. Yeah, right. Um, how, How have you seen sort of Bea change and how is that sort of unfolding in your eyes? I don't know. B is, she's really fun to write because she is this character with like this huge history and this, she's like a very powerful character who at this point in the story is just kind of phoning it in most of the time. (laughs) (laughs) Like she's capable of a lot. And in fact, I like to write episodes where she's a little bit neutered, but it's interesting writing this powerful character alongside this human and figuring out like how all that power informs on whatever's going on at the time. And that's been another balance is I swing sometimes in my intention that we start her out as this cool, all knowing Mm -hmm. uh, figure and which is fun to play. And this is something that Natalie is really good at. Yeah, Like we said in the other episode, B has evolved a lot with each actor who played her and three people so far have gotten a chance to play her at some yeah. point. But I love Natalie's ability to be the villain that you love. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to see Natalie play the live action version of every Disney villain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's so good at that and making you revel in them, not root for them in the like, oh, actually they're good. But like, no, it's good to be bad. Yeah. The what's that Eartha Kit song? I wanna be evil. Like yeah. that. I wanna go to the devil. I wanna be evil. I wanna spit tax. I wanna be evil. And cheat He's like jacks. very casual about her mm-hmm. evilness. Where is Mike Seeger? He hasn't come out of the body yet. Oh. I should have explained. Sometimes you have to pull out the soul yourself, especially with these baby boomers. Mm. Oh, I'm free to meet my maker. And so for a little while, I think we had swung a little too far into constantly taking her status down. Mm -hmm. She starts as a high status character and Claire is low and... You play with that for a while, and then you start wanting to reverse it a lot. And I always love that in shows. Jake mm-hmm. and Amir, one of my favorite web series, my favorite episodes are when Jake, who is the normal, the straight man, high-status character, suddenly there's some good reason that he suddenly is the weirdo, mm-hmm. and the Amir, the usual weirdo, is suddenly the high-status. Mm-hmm. I always love status yeah. switching in a show. Yeah. But you can only do it so much. Brooklyn Nine-Nine is another one where they do it very expertly because you do it too often and it no longer sticks. Right. And so Natalie makes me always remember and want to reinforce that for B. That yeah. B is cool. Like that's a big thing is yeah. B is cool. And people who meet her want to be her, befriend her, want her to like them. Mm-hmm. They want to make her happy. Claire doesn't just do all this stuff because she's a pushover, but because B is charismatic. And so I love exploring that more. And I like when Natalie does have to play low status at some point, she's very good at acting like a high status character temporarily being low status. She Mm -hmm. informs that. She doesn't suddenly switch and be like, oh, now there's just a different kind of character that we knew and got used to. Right. It still feels like the same character in a new situation. It is fun to see like 
the the limitations of B. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, from the pilot, you you kind of get the idea like, okay, like she's a demon. She can do whatever she wants. Yeah. But yeah, as as the sort of episodes go along, and I think like the limitations a lot of times are with her, you know, exploring this friendship yeah. with Claire. How she falters at at that. And having the the fact that Natalie and Serena have worked together and know each other helps a lot. Like they already had that chemistry coming in and we're just trying to find and create that in the writing yep. where they already nail it in the acting. Yeah. And that helps us figure out what B and Claire's relationship is. Cause we know that at heart, Natalie and Serena like each other. We just need to let that come out yeah. right. because that yep. helps them. They can do more extreme things to each other. If we know that there's something in the heart and yeah. then it makes it more fun to say like, well, is there really, what are the limits of right. this relationship? Yeah, it's it's been cool. It's been really, really awesome. But yeah, thank, thanks for listening. Keep but listening. Really, yeah, really, thanks for listening. Yeah. It's, been, it's, it's yes. been great seeing those downloads tick up every time we release an episode. Also, really do all the share things that everybody asks you to do. We're in that phase where we really need people. I mean, we, yeah. we hardly ask and, people to rate and subscribe yeah. or whatever. We're doing it now. You know, if you like it, if you think other people will find value in it, then definitely do it. Tweet the yeah. show a lot. Our handle is Evil Sitcom on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. And we right now are refreshing our feeds constantly <laughs> <Yeah>. for <laughs> any validation. Please yeah. give us validation. Yeah. Please like we're, us. We're just being paid off of validation yeah, at the moment. Right. Yep. And Tell us you like us. Yeah. And also, we got our first fan art. If you check our Instagram at Evil Sitcom, you can see them there. Yeah. And please, submit your own fan art. It's really yes. neat. Yes. Even if it like looks like shit. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right now, I will take a stick figure B. You right. can make me yeah. happy so easily. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we're we're so thirsty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and feel free to interpret these characters however you want. We very yeah. specifically keep the physical descriptions in the shows. Oh, I just am too lazy to try. No, I just, yeah, I think it's much more fun to have the listeners have an idea. Like, own these characters for yourselves as well. Yeah. Please send us a (laughs) Surgot. I want to see a Surgot. That guy, he's so hard to work with, though. (laughs) You know, I have an image in my mind, but I want to see your interpretations. Yeah. Well, goodbye. 